0: One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible.
1: Good morning. We're live. Good morning. Good morning.
0: How well, you all? I am one pastor. We still don't have the regular team back yet. It's been a
1: while.
2: <laughs>
0: it seems yeah. like we just keep trading places. But, so, uh, am
2: I irregular? Is that what you're it
0: irregular? No. Yeah. know we've Did got. gay a-
1: regular or irregular? <laughs> I'm not, I,
0: I think either one could. could no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we have Glenn Miller stepping in today to take David's spot. Last week, Austin took your spot. I don't remember the last time we were all together, but. It's uh, been a little bit. Cause it's been at least a couple weeks. Yeah, we've
1: had sickness and vacations
0: and yep yeah david is uh, at the coast maybe surfing and might be surfing as we speak
1: craziness so the the california coast no no oregon coast he's he's hardcore got a wetsuit and everything
2: i remember walking the 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 shore of the oregon coast and seeing signs like beware of timber coming out of the surf (laughs) it's like i don't know if i would want to do any surfing here if there's timber flying out, you know, onto the shore.
0: I didn't even know that was a possibility until now, so yeah. one more thing for me to worry about. Thank you. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Sharks and logs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I came here the other day and was walking around the church. We get these massive icicles that, that form off of the building uh, because our I don't think our ceiling or our roof is very well insulated. Anyway, there was one that was just massive and hanging over this gas meter, and I'm thinking... If that breaks, is it going to, you know, I just start thinking the building's going to blow up and we're going to have a gas leak and evacuate. The, I just always, if there's something I can worry about, I, I find a way to do it. Well, so. Yeah, and during,
2: and during the food distribution out the back, uh, you know, yeah. there are these big icicles that sometimes hang down. It's like, uh... Okay, we're we're delivering food out this door, and they're these. <laughs> no, they're they're big. They get they get yeah. big, they they will touch the they're ground massive. eventually.
0: Yeah, and so I thought about breaking it, and then I thought, well, no, I'll kick it, and then it'll hit the gas meter, and then there'll be an explosion. Yeah, and that's how I'm gonna go. And you know, so <laughs> I, I can do this all day long. It's kind of crazy. I, I, w- I was
2: it- up on the roof the other day, and, and Chad knows this. I was up on the roof, taking off a two to three feet from the edge, and just pushing it down and pushing it down and. I'm thinking to myself, this is crazy. What I'm up here, you know, getting up on the roof and then dismounting, getting back on the ladder. That's the tricky part, you know.
0: I don't like getting up and down ladders. Yeah, yeah. same. I knocked my ladder down one time in Idaho, clearing three feet off my, my roof, and it was before cell phones. Mm-hmm. And so I was stuck up there, and Joy was in the house just <laughs> having a great old time. She just – I could have been out there all night, but – so I finally just piled a bunch of snow into one area and jumped down off of the roof into the snow, which, again, I there thought you go. that's how I'm going to die. Is they're going to find me, you know, just buried in a snow find pile? Find in the spring? I, I, fi- I find <laughs> yeah. though being up on the
2: roof like that, like going to the dentist, it's good for my prayer life. It's really good for my prayer yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> for what it's worth,
0: I've heard that if you take just a few feet off of the edge, that actually creates a bigger problem because now when it does start to ice, dam, and melt, it's, it's further up where there is no protection. Oh.
2: So – Oh, boy, should I go back up and
0: – I don't know, man. <laughs> it's rapidly
1: melting <laughs> Yeah,
0: it is just rapidly this melting. The, the 40s I, all week, so. My That's heat pump quit working today. I looked out um, – I went downstairs because the house was cold and <laughs> it was set to the normal thing, but it said heat pump, call for service, and I went out and looked at it, and the whole thing is frosted, um, oh. like completely frosted over. So you
2: I don't know, know what that means. but It means you need a, a roof over – There's a roof over it. Oh, there is. Yeah, so. I was told that our heat pump went out too. Yeah. It was a wire. It was a loose wire. Yeah, well. The whole thing just shut down and – the thermostat went blank and all.
0: We'll see. It's
2: good anyway. thing we know people that that work on that, that right. of stuff. Yeah, some
0: I do. I've already
2: got somebody working on it for me, so that's okay. nice. But
0: anyway, yeah. Well, it's good to have you. Uh, hopefully, nice David's having a good time, and uh, we're we're kind of basically. I don't know anything else we need to cover. Just jump in
1: i think we could just drive right, in do probably. it
2: just a, just a warning for david to watch the the, the, timber
1: the timbers yeah yeah the timber. yeah watch out david
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: see i think the thing i would worry about more is he's wearing a black wetsuit and probably resembles a seal Uh-oh. and then there's sharks in the water but yeah. you know that's a whole other other thing i don't even understand why people do stuff like that you know <laughs> it, it's cold too risky. You could drown, too, you could get too much, yeah, risk. Yeah, too much risk. We want to stay
2: yeah. between the lines. Yeah.
0: Stay in your lane, bro. Well who, who wants to put on a wetsuit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that just get in and of out itself. of a wetsuit. That's not right feat. there. Yeah. 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 Nobody needs to see that. That's right. That's it. Okay.
2: You know, know, I have to say something though. When I first started watching One Decent Pastor, one one of the things that got me was all of the chit chat in the beginning. Because I just like I'm I'm, like, let's get right down to it. But I'm really (laughs) enjoying this. Now you're you're participating in it. (laughs) I'm a participant. Yeah, that's that makes a big difference. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. No, it's it's been a bit. So,
0: well, uh, last week we kind of jumped into this. the series uh about thoughts about the church and it, it was based off of a guy named tim Challies, who's a a pretty popular blogger online and and uh, i don't know if they still call it blogging but i think they still call it he writes articles and things like that he's been doing it for years um and uh we've kind of met him once so you know we feel like we're pretty tight You're good and, buddies um yeah David stole his bed at a conference. That's, that's <laughs> the that's the, the joke anyway. But he writes down these thoughts about, usually he writes articles, but he's been just kind of occasionally writes down thoughts about the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, he compiled 32 of them, just blasted them out in one little thing. So they're just little snippets, um, observations he's made, things he's thought of. We started out going through some of them last week, and we're just going to pick right back up and uh, start going through the list again. So the first one uh, that he, he mentions here is this one, far too many Christians— Move from one city to another without first ensuring there is a good church in the new location. Always make sure you are caring for yourself and your family by identifying sound churches in your new place. So the idea is agree, disagree, comment, whatever you got. Agree.
2: Yeah, some people might say, (laughs) well, I believe the Lord's leading me there. He's going to provide for me in every way, and that would include good fellowship. Some would you guys do that say, if
0: you were moving to a new place? Would you would you look first to see if there was a good church
2: there? Interestingly yeah, enough, the, the couple times that I did that, I was t- I was going to be the pastor of that church. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it, it, it was all carved out for me already. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've had a couple moves that were you know th- those kinds of moves as well. But I think I mean when I was twenty, I probably wouldn't have done that. But knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. I absolutely. Seek out a church before moving You know, to the a, good, a good
0: church can be hard to find. And, and I think we always just assume churches are a dime a dozen. They're all over the place. It'll be easy to find a good one. Yeah. But it's not always easy to find a good one. Right. Especially, you know, I think more and more churches are compromising on, on truth. And and um, so I know, like, I don't think you'd mind me saying it, but I know when Terry and Nancy went to, you know, where they go to, to um, summer yes. or winter. Sorry. Well, it's summer there. You know what I mean? Always uh-huh. oh, summer well, yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they've been having a hard time finding a, ch- a good church. Um, and that's, it's taken a toll, you know, that's, it has. It's, stressful.
2: It, it's very hard yeah.
0: to not have that. And so I would say, yeah, that would, I would try to scout that out beforehand and make sure that there is a good church in the place you're moving. But I don't, I don't think people make it a priority
1: or. Yeah. Well, and it right. may be a discussion for another time, but like, what, what is a good church? Like there's you know, people have different criteria, right? Mm-hmm. And so having yeah. some criteria probably matters. Uh, so, you know, you know what you're looking for.
2: I think the reasoning behind the move has to be really, really important yeah i mean if if people are just if they don't really if they're just sensing that they need to make a change, I could see that they they would want to definitely make sure that there's a a good church there because they don't have another reason to move if they're moving because of you know a job or something like that i
0: yeah it, it's a really hard one, I think it, it is. It, so many, we've run, we've been through this a lot over, over the years and seen this a lot. I think a lot of people aren't really heavenly minded when it comes to things like this. Um, they're, they're really thinking in the here and now, how can I better my life? How can I right. better my family? Pr- provide a better, you know, situation for us in the here and now. And they're not necessarily thinking about, you know, eternity and in, in the kingdom, and what's important in that regard. And I'm guilty of that. I do it all the time. So I get, I get that. But if you're not thinking that way, it's yeah. real easy to think, okay, there's better money here. Housing's cheaper. You know, more people that are vote like me. Th- those types of things enter into your mind. Yeah. Sure. And so I think it's appealing to us that we'll we'll create a, a
1: better circumstance or a better situation. And um, yeah, well, I, I think mo- most people probably don't even have a, a sense of, you know, what, what is, like, like what would you look for in a church? Right, exactly. I, mean, I think people tend to move to a place, and they'll go try places out, um, and, you know, kind of whatever makes them feel good, or wherever they feel like they've made a connection or whatever. Like, they're not necessarily thinking about most people, probably theology or leadership structure or, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, <laughs> or, or true, small you groups,
2: know. you know, what kind of small group yeah.
1: ministry they have.
2: Body and, life, Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: No, I think if you can find some place that teaches the truth of God's word, that yep. holds it and you know holds it as the, you know the, uh, the, the truth, and then teaches it faithfully, all of it faithfully, yep. um, that there's opportunities for you to serve, you know those kinds of things, and then the, the leadership has you know mm-hmm. got good accountability, and you know there's things like that that are don't just take it for granted. Do a little poking around, and right? Especially if you're you know the, the man of your home and you're leading your family spiritually. Um, if you if you go to a place where there's nothing there. That's on you. So yeah, There are yeah. different
2: parts of the country. Like if you move to middle Tennessee, you know, the chances are pretty good that you're going to find a good church. But then what constitutes a good church? Yeah. Right. Is it the preaching? Is it the worship team? It's always the music. It's always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The music's good. The church is good. Like, come on.
0: <laughs>
1: Not really. <laughs> like, I think I think of a, a fellow pastor that I know who a few years ago uh, decided he was fed up with Oregon and the liberalness and those kinds of like, right. people weren't like him. And so he moved to the Midwest to start a church in an area where people were like him, so it would be easier to be a pastor. Yeah. Mm. I just I always always found that interesting. Uh, you know, the the problem is wherever you go. Um,
0: That's where you are. There you are. There you yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and people think that, a, you know, yeah. like a, I think David calls it, you know, a, a geography change. Right? He has a cooler name for it than that. But like, you know, you pull a geography or geographical kind of thing where you think that if I go there, everything's going to get better. and Right. And it's just not the case usually. Yeah. Sometimes it's worse, and we've seen that happen with a lot of people over the years that have, have told us they're moving and you know why they're moving. And we try to discourage them and say, "Let's pray through this. Let's you know, let's seek the Lord together." And mm-hmm. they, they kind of do their thing, and and I've seen it not end well a lot. Yeah,
1: unfortunately. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well I think at the end of the day that this kind of speaks to in a very broad sense, you know, people how people value or don't value the church. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? If if they're not thinking of that as an important criteria in a move, it just says something about, you know, what they think about the church and their involvement in it.
0: Yeah. That's good. Well this next one, uh, I don't want to even read. It's
1: convicting. <laughs>
0: Few people want to be part of a church that doesn't pray. So very few people want to be part of a church that doesn't pray, but few people want to be or want to attend a prayer meeting. Um, so yeah, everybody wants to be a part of a church that prays a lot, but nobody wants to go to prayer meetings. And then he says, uh-huh. you should ponder this conundrum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you should mind your own business. Right. <laughs> should, should we ponder it and move on? Well, <laughs> yeah. is that indicative Is that indicative huh.
2: of, of how compartmentalized we think or, or, or um, what we, what we're actually in a sense that's a that's kind of like hip- hypocrisy in one sense it is when you think about it so is the problem that they don't have the prayer meeting um or is the problem that you know people are hypocr- i don't i don't know that's just a, <laughs> that's a really weird one to me. well i
0: think what you have is is you've got uh, we all would <laughs> say we believe in the power of prayer we believe prayer does things we believe it's important uh, we would say that but functionally we don't act like we really believe it and that's yeah. just true of and uh, there are a lot of christians that Pray. I, I know mm-hmm. that, you know, usually when our back's against the wall or we need something, we're quick to pray. Right. Uh, but the idea of just coming voluntarily and sitting, you know, for an hour with a, a group of fellow believers at a church on a
1: Tuesday night, uh, most people are, you know, there's better things for them to be right. doing yeah. in their mind. Well, I think you know. probably, I don't know how common prayer meetings are, these like specific prayer meetings. Like I think it used to be a much more common thing Yeah. in the church than Absolutely. probably it is now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we pray at everything we do pretty much. But specific prayer meetings, I don't think yeah. they're quite as common, you know, for better or worse. Now, really
0: even, like, you know, the first part of the year to have... I don't know how many people would come, and I think that's why people have maybe stopped having them you know it's kind of like uh you, you throw a party and nobody shows up it's yeah. kind of depressing <laughs> but but it's it's a great idea you know i think of this the, the old spurgeon story where people came to, to visit the church and it was before the church service started and he said you want to see the engine room and they're like sure well you know whatever we'll go see the engine room and and he opens the door and there's just a group of people in there praying and he said this is the engine room of the church if, yeah. if this wasn't happening this place wouldn't run yeah yep. and, and we don't think of Prayer that way, but um, but I know that uh, people tell us all the time they pray for us daily, they pray for our families, they pray for the right. ministry, and that just means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about corporately praying, just the same way when we do our corporate praise and prayer time. Yes, uh, when you pray as a group, I, I'm not saying we put guards, God's arm behind his back at that more you know or something like like the, now he's really obligated uh, to do this because we've done it together. Yeah. I'm not thinking that way, but there's a sense in which our God delights in sure. showing us how amazing he is and mm-hmm. when we do that as a group it really does something it, it means something right. so
2: it does i i've had some experiences and you know back when i was at the church on the east coast and they actually i, I was actually leading the prayer meeting and, and i had another good brother who had discipled me do the, do the piano and we we do worship you know and we would have a wonderful time we would have fun you know in prayer meetings and i think people when, when they think about prayer, they think, well, ho-hum, it's going. we're going to pray about somebody's physical, you know, problem, and that's all it's going to be. Yeah. But then it does—it actually um, doesn't allow for a freer expression of the body to have those kinds of prayer times, mm. you know?
0: Yeah, we tend yeah. to overcomplicate most things that we do, discipleship, we do. prayer, sure. those things. I, I've been in groups where you just—everybody just kind of like—I think they call them popcorn prayers because you just, you know, pop, 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 you're just throwing them up as you go. Yeah. But But— um, you just spend some time just praying for each other, really short, quick things, because that's the other thing people are intimidated by praying out loud. That you know, I, my, my prayer is not flowery enough and cool right, enough. yeah. And, you always compare. You know, yeah, I used to do that. I'd sit there and I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be listening to anything that was going on. I'd just be thinking about how cool my prayer, right, you know, forming in my mind. Before what what are we doing at that point, you know? Yeah. So, but I wish we we're probably not known at the door as a as a praying church. And that's why this was convicting to sure. me. It's like, yeah. I know people are praying. I, I know that people um, definitely do. But as far as coming together, I mean, every Sunday we, we have a time of corporate prayer, but still um, something we could probably ponder. <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah, it's, it's food for thought, you know, let's, yeah. let's just think about that, you know, but the bottom line is when all is said and done, there's more said than done. If we believe that it's uh-huh. truly
0: effective and powerful and that God works when we pray, then you'd think we would we would do more of it. That's, yep. that's, the, that's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, this next one, I should. we should just skip it till David comes back because <laughs> I know how much he wants to talk about right, this will have a lot to say about this. <laughs> he probably would, but we'll, we'll, we'll just run down the list in order because it'll be hard to keep track of it otherwise. <laughs> uh, the Lord's Supper is for sinners, not perfect people. If you come to church deep in a sin that you have no intention of giving up, you would do well to refrain from participating in the Lord's Supper. But if you have sinned through the week and know the sorrow and shame of it, If you are repenting of that sin before the Lord and pleading for his grace, then by all means participate. This means of grace is for you. Lots of people have different ideas about how we do communion, who can take it, who can't, when you can take it, when you can't. Do you agree, disagree? What are you thinking of this statement?
1: I think a lot of times our approach to communion is that, okay, like I got to get cleaned up here in the moment and, you know, take care of my business so I can go, you know, do this thing. Right. Uh, that's representative of Jesus taking care of our business right at the end of the day. And so I think we have kind of a, a misunderstanding uh, of communion and, and what it is and, and who it's for. Um, you know, he makes a point about, you know, being deep in a sin that you have no intention of giving up. I mean, there's, you're an unrepentant sinner uh, in, in that scenario. Un- unwilling, it would seem, what he's getting at to, to acknowledge and repent of your sin. That if that's the case, you know, communion doesn't have much meaning for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end
2: of the day, I think we just need to have a better understanding of what communion is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, I don't know how much time we're apportioning to this particular just, topic, and and some of what I'm going to say, I almost think needs to be at the very end. But you know, after we deal with some of the the confession of sin part, <clears throat> and I don't want to make light of that aspect of the communion service, but I think we are doing ourselves as a church a great disservice if we neglect the the aspect of the Lord's return in the communion service.
0: Till he comes.
2: Till he comes. That part right there to me is, is probably what was closest even to the heart of Jesus when he was doing this with his disciples for the first time. And he said, and I won't do this again until we do it together in the kingdom, right? So the whole idea of... The Lord's return is—is this—is this aspect of hope and and expectation and all? Yet I think the communion in many many churches is this so somber, self-introspective kind of, mm. and and it's like oh man, it's communion again. Oh. <laughs> it, 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 it can tend to do that and it cause that sort of expectation in in the congregants hearts where we're we're going to have communion oh this is going to be this Somber, See, but doesn't this come like
0: from that. this idea that what communion is, it's it's almost like a Roman Catholic idea of what confession was to me. Yes. This is a time when I need to get right with the Lord again. This is a time when I need to worthy up, right. um, confess my sins and come in and receive this this means of grace. And I think there's there's times when that's absolutely what needs to take place, <laughs> absolutely. where you need, to, you need to stop and go, okay, what am I doing? Lord, I, I, need, I, I need you, to, yes. you know, to work on my heart right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the case. But there's also times when this should be an absolute celebration of, you know, we're anticipating. Uh, you know, being with our Lord again, him, him, you know, this right. whole thing. So, so it's not a one size fits all type of thing. Exactly. But even the way we go about it is such a weird thing because we don't, you know, it's very, it's, it's methodical. It's somber. It's, it's, um, yeah, again, if, if this was a meal in the, in the early church mm-hmm. where they gathered together and, and enjoyed a meal and then had a, a point during that meal where they stopped and remembered the body and blood of Christ and what was given for them. And it seems like, a time of, you know, it's a festive kind right. of time and it's yeah. a worshipful time and it's, yes. a, you know, it still gives you time to do the things you need to do as far as, you know, making sure that you're being circumspect before the Lord. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't love how we do it. Um, it would be he,
2: interesting to see how that developed because I don't see I don't that know. in like First Corinthians 11. I don't, I don't see that aspect of it so much. Yeah. And, I mean, especially when you look at the gospels, when Jesus was with his disciples, I don't see that aspect of communion as much so so you know the whole p- part about confession now i'm not saying we shouldn't don't, don't get me wrong but it would be interesting to see how that all developed in the early church
1: well, some, yeah somewhere along the way we've taken what christ has done for us and turned it into what we do for him in, yeah. in communion. Uh, and, and that that matters and how how you approach the table mm-hmm. if you think that this is something that i must do for god or that i need to do for god and it's about me that's one thing, but if you approach the table realizing this is what Christ has done for me, an unworthy sinner, mm-hmm. it, it makes a difference in how you—like, yeah. that. that's cause to celebrate when you look at it as what Christ has done for you.
2: And I don't mean to, to, to yeah. derail what we w- were talking about, but the other thing is in 1 John 3, John says, and everyone who has this hope, that is the hope of Jesus' return, uh, fixed on him will purify himself. So I wonder if the whole idea of fixing our eyes on the return of Christ does more to purify and and, and bring to mind, con- you know, the confession of sin part than, than coming to, you know, a, cer- a certain thing that happens monthly. I and mean, we should be freed up throughout the, the rest of the month. <laughs> you know, yeah, like,
0: and I, I don't even know that it's—I mean, the confession of sin is just a part of it, but it's not—I think that's what most people— that's all they focus on during that time, right? And there, there's a lot more to focus on. Um, it, same as baptism, I, you know. Again, if, if I were to, the three words that always come to my mind is that it's a, it's a proclamation, mm-hmm. it's a participation, and it's an identification. Yes. It's all of those things. So you're participating in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ um, through the sacraments, mm-hmm. and you're identifying with with Christ in these things, and and, you're, and you know. That's part of it. Um, and then participation. there there's this aspect of like this is for me. Yeah. Uh, what Christ did is for me right. and I'm receiving this. So the idea that we we throw out a lot of times is preach the gospel to yourselves every day. This is kind of what communion is for me. It's a reminder of wh- who yeah. I am, <laughs> what my deficit is, who he is, what he's done for me. A- and this is a time when when this grace washes over us. Yes. it's it's one of the most beautiful reminders and and it's it it is something. You know, whether it's just symbolic, when you talk about the presence of God and what that means in it, is it spiritual, is it real, is it, mm-hmm. I don't know, but communion is that reminder of yeah. of yep. um, Christ for me. And if we're missing that part of it, um, we're missing, you know, we're missing all of it. I just wish we found a, a better way to do it than what we currently do.
2: Yeah, it's, so, so have we gotten into a rut? You know, I mean, it's two, it's only two, there's only two, baptism and, and the communion. Yeah. <clears throat> Ordinances, whatever we want to call them. Yep. And, and sometimes we just get into a rut and, and we need to keep uh, sharing why we're doing what we're doing. What's the vision for this? You know. Well, and again, I would yeah. just
0: remind people, I think we've mentioned this before, but pray, pray for us as we contemplate this because we are thinking about it at the door. The way we started to do communion was, was different than what we'd always done. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 years ago so um we were used to doing it in the church a certain way and thought this is weird you know let's mix it up so we started now (laughs) after 12 years it's the way we've always done it (laughs) we're doing it the way we've always done it and now i feel like you know i'd almost want to go back to you know what we were doing before for a while just to mix it up a little bit but there may even be a a greater way to go about it that were that would mean maybe it would look a bit more like the early church and maybe it would so feel a little different yeah
2: you've heard of the what would jesus do what would david say He's not here now. <laughs> he, he, David wants to do
0: weird radical things like take the whole Sunday and just make it a meal. Oh. Um, so that, that day you would walk in, there would be tables set, um, food would be prepared, people would bring f- food to, uh, you would still sing songs, You would, and we've talked about this before, we've kind of brainstormed it, um, and you would actually have a meal together, kids yes. would be in with us, we'd be singing, we'd still have a time where we would stop the meal, bring the elements out, um, have a you know, 10 or 15 minute discussion about what we're doing and why. Uh, but it would just be a celebration, a meal, you know, whatever you want to call it. Just and a, it's a, a body full-blown. life thing. Yep. Yeah. Somebody new shows up that day. They're going to go, what in the world's going on here? But they would sit down and at a table with other people and, and eat and get to know people. It would be a loud, fun, festive day where it's all centered around the main thing, not, it's not just attack on at the end, mm-hmm. which is what we do now. You know, let's just, Oh, that's oh, communion. I guess some days we, you know, forget it's communion. It's like, Oh, I better say something about this. And I just feel like, man, we're short, we're just short selling it, short changing it, whatever. Yeah. So
2: it's, it, and the, we did, we've done baptism that way before in a sense. I remember the first time that we saw chat, Chad and Jill, it was at a baptismal Sunday. Yeah. And, and we had the baptism in the in the the little dischutes yeah. there, I think, and mm-hmm. then we had a a big. It was big it was meal. great, you know. Yeah,
0: it's much more of a celebration, and it's public, and it's you know, um, there's no mistaking. It's like the big E on the i chart that day. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, yep. so
2: I would recommend doing the same thing only in the summer rather than in January right, yeah. <laughs> especially if it was outdoors <laughs>
0: anyway, do pray because we, yeah. we you know we'd like to figure this out the next one I'm going to just t- read into this one too because it's uh, read this one now I should say not read into it. Uh, it's about baptism it says baptism takes on new dimensions of meaning when you understand it as not only a personal act of obedience for an individual but as an ordinance that has meaning to everyone in the church. This is a communal right, not a personal one. Uh, that's an interesting thing because I think we, yeah. we individualize Christianity. Um, quite a bit, to a fault, maybe. Yeah. Maybe in the sure. west, I don't know Absolutely. if that's normal. Other places, but, but this is a neat kind of thing to think about. This is not just about you.
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it goes back to the same idea of how you approach baptism. Is like, is it something you do for or God, communion. or something that He's communion, done yeah. for you, right? The same yeah. same kind of thing, and it matters. The
2: celebratory aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know, people people come out uh, out of the water. And it's like, yeah, you know, the all the congregations clap and it's celebration. Everyone yeah. is involved in that. Yep.
0: Yep. Oh man. Well and again, really I think funny. when you think about what baptism is, we had the we had a <laughs> a while back we did a podcast on does baptism save? I'm not reopening that can. <laughs> but um but there's you know, water baptism, does it save? And and the answer is well or does baptism save? The answer is sort of. Um in the sense like we would say there's a spiritual reality of, of of a baptism that takes place when we come to Christ, where mm-hmm. we go down in death with Him. Yes, we're, we're raised as a new creation, clean, forgiven. You mm-hmm. know, to new life. This resurrection takes place. So, just this is a spiritual aspect. Baptism, water baptism, is again a a, a proclamation, a participation, <clears throat> and um, uh, I can't remember the other one now. Identification. A, identification. Yes. Thank you. Of yeah. those these same things, and the other cool thing about it, and you know, we talk about it, it's it's a you know, you're basically um, telling people you're a member of the church at this point. Yeah. So, so we become members of the church when we're spiritually saved. You know, mm-hmm. I believe that. But this is a you know a pic a picture to everybody else when you when you when you go down into that right. water. So the um,
2: identification is not just with the Lord in His death, burial, and it's resurrection with the church as well. It's with that identification with the church. Yeah. yeah absolutely.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like a formal entrance uh, into you know church membership or whatever you want to call it. You're you're kind of you know drawing a line and saying I'm, I'm with you guys. Yeah. Yep, that's um, a big deal, and I don't think we we always capture that. So again, right. sometimes you know I, I think I mentioned this a while back. David has said in the past, "Welcome to the family of God" or something like that. And it's like, well, I know what he means by that because it's it's the you know the physical picture of this thing. Yeah. Even though spiritually, if you're a Christian, you're already part of the family of God. You're a member of the church, but this is. For everybody to see. Yep. And that's a big deal. Well, no.
2: and, and baptism, as, a, as you think about it missiologically, it, it, it makes, you're making a clean break with whatever you were before, especially in an Islamic country. Yeah. When people, when people get baptized who are formerly Muslim, and now they're identifying with Christianity— that is a, that's huge. Matter of fact, that's when the fireworks actually get started sometimes.
0: Yeah. That's like a 180. It's yeah. one of these repentance or whatever you want to call it. You know, they're, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's one of those moments like where you're making a public statement. Right. Yeah. That's cool. I'm going to move on from ordinances and we'll talk about, uh, oh, this one, I thought membership was next, but there's another one first. Uh, this is an interesting one. He says the greater the number of churches in a particular area the more each church can create a different—or a very—I'm sorry. Let me start over. Okay. The greater the number of churches in a particular area, the more each church can create a very defined identity around lesser matters. The fewer the number of churches in a particular area, the more the churches there may be well served by creating a broader identity around the most important matters. So if there's lots of churches around, you can you can be very— unique and different and, and, and things like key, that. The yeah, if there's a couple uh, you don't, you know, you might just create on the, you know, focus on what you do have in common kind of thing.
2: So what would be some examples of that? The drill, um, let's like drilling down in, in a community where there's a lot of churches. What, what, what would their, their uniqueness be?
0: Well, I, I mean, I'm just thinking of Lapine right now, which right. is we're a part of, and you know, there's 26, 27 churches down there. I don't know how many there are now. Um, they're all you know pretty small except for one mm-hmm. uh, highlights is big um but you know they're they're kind of youth ministry they're known for um you know pretty vibrant worship yeah vibrant youth ministry, among other things. But, but it's like, if you're looking for that, that's the church you would go to. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for homeless ministry <laughs> we, and we outre- got that one covered. outreach to, you know, uh, more, more like benevolent kind of thing. That's probably what the door is more no- known for down there. And everybody has like unique little things. And some of that's good. There's diversity in that. Um, mm-hmm. you're not going to send families with kids probably to the door in the pine. Um, but. You know, High Lakes has that. But but I, th- I, th- I think there's something negative about this whole thing, too. So that would be like a sure. positive side of it. Yes. But there's also the negative thing to where you actually— you could be um, a separatist. Yeah, become a separatist. You know, yeah. that we're, we're this church, and, and there's this kind of a, a bit of pride that's involved in that. Uh, we're not like these other churches. We're doing it the right way. Hmm. And that's where it gets kind of ugly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think of a, a church here in Central Oregon. I'm aware of, and I, and I know very little about it. So th- this is going to sound negative, and I don't mean it to sound negative. I just I don't know much about this church at all. But they're the cowboy church, and mm-hmm. that's their identity. Mm-hmm. And, and they're they're in a ranching community, so so maybe that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But part of me kind of wonders, like like is it kind of more gimmicky? And, and I don't know if it is or isn't. Um, you know, they're doing some good things in the community and, and those kinds of things. And so, you know, maybe they're doing, you know, exactly what they should be doing, given, given where they're at. But, you know, they've kind of taken on this identity, and, and that's that's the people that they draw as kind of the ranch, the cowboy you know community, the horse riders, and, you know, those kinds of things. It mm-hmm. um, see, seems to be—I uh, mean, they're drawing people, you know, for better or worse.
2: The confusing <laughs> thing about that to me is if you're identifying with your local church more than you're identifying with, let's say, Jesus, you know— there, there's an issue there. You see, you mm. see the body of Christ, the, the true body of Christ, as identified with a group of people. So you're identifying with this church. And it's, it, it can send the wrong message, I think, maybe sometimes.
0: I think if you're yeah. viewing it as a missional opportunity. Like you're trying to reach people that that may not come to a a church otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a biker church in town as well. And that's, they kind of focus on that. So they're pulling in people that are, you know, fascinated with bikes. And, Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like a, there's a missional aspect of that. Um, that part I get. Right. Um, but when, when it becomes us for no more, you know, oh, you don't you don't have a bike? You can't come to this church. <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, right. I don't think they would do that. <laughs> but then it gets weird. Um, and, and I find that we do this denomina- denominationally. It's like, well, we're serious about the Bible. And so this is who we are as a church. And it's like, well, we're serious about the gifts. And uh, you, so this is who we are. Oh, well, we're serious about outreach and, and social... You right, know, good, and so so instead of taking all of the good things about the church and and trying to pull them into one thing, mm-hmm. we we separate out into all these right, and we're worse for it.
2: And the more does <laughs> the more that uniqueness take place? Does that make the church more exclusive, or yeah. does it make it more inclusive?
0: Well, inclusive if you're like them, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exclusive yeah. Bo- if you're both, yeah, yeah. Hands. <laughs> But I, I I think one of the things I really like about the door, and again, this isn't you know. Uh, meant to be a brag, but somehow the Lord has brought in a, a little bit of everybody, and and um, you know there's some people that are really denominationally don't really fit together here, and yet that's what we have, and, right. and I love that. So we're not, you know, we're not just one thing. We're yeah. a lot of things together that yes. are working pretty well together, and I and I like that. I
1: wish more churches kind of. I think that kind know. of speaks to you know Charlie's comment about you know a broader identity around important matters. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I think kind of the the other side of the coin, like you could be too broad and and center around things that don't matter uh, as much or kind of take things that matter and and push them to the side Mm -hmm. in a negative way. But, you know, it seems like we we strike a balance here about, you know, centering on what's really important. No, I think
0: I've seen churches that, you know, their end times view is everything and that church has to be that way. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that end times view, you're not welcome there. Right. I was at a church where um, Calvinism was the be all end all. And, And if you weren't, just constantly focusing on that and banging that drum and trying to win people to Calvinism, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, it was just really weird. And, and again, right. I, I love what some of these teachings are, but it doesn't, you know, if that's what you, if that's what you, your whole identity becomes, yeah. it's, it's weird.
1: Yeah. I think there's something to be said for, um, you know, just ministering to the people that God has put in front of you yeah. in your community um, you know, every community is different, and even kind of within communities, you know, pockets of community is, are going to be different in the broader you know, mm-hmm. sense of the community, and yeah. so. You know, like in Lapine, for example, you know, the Lord has put in front of us this ministry to, right. you know, the homeless, and, and we've embraced it, where, whereas a lot of churches wouldn't uh, embrace that kind of a thing. I mean, it's messy, mm. uh, it's hard, it, it causes problems, <laughs> but, you know, our view is that God has put this in front of us, and so that's, you know, we're going to reach the people that God has brought our way,
2: and, and the church has taken a shape, you know, based on that mentality. Yeah. What what initially it attracts someone to come to a church? Is it is it their... Is it their youth group? Is it is it their worship, uh, or is the main thing supposed to be the grace of God that people feel, that people sense, and they know that the grace of God is operating there, and whatever else is happening, and whatever the specialties are, that's got to be the first thing, right? The, I, I the mean, I like to the, I, the I, I
0: wish that were true, but I think yeah. I think a lot of people pick a church based on the youth ministry or based on the right. music, and that we're we're pretty. Uh, you know, I don't know consumeristic when it comes to these things. So, yeah. so I mean, if you really, right. you, to me, it's like when I would think about what's important to me in a church, it wouldn't be those things anymore. But there was a time when it, it was yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. what I love is when somebody comes into um, the church here and they they say I immediately felt welcome. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel judged. Mm-hmm. Now, when we preach the word, it does what it does. We're not worried about that. But as right. far as like the reception they got, the people um, when they walked in, they they felt like this was they felt somewhat at home. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always a great thing to hear yeah um, for sure and I like that and I think if you major on the minors and, and you make these weird distinctions or you yeah. put up these obstacles so many churches put up crazy obstacles to keep people from even coming through the doors and then when they even get through the doors there's more obstacles that you've got to get through and, and you're really keeping people from coming to Christ at that point so right I, you know I think you need to think think about those a little bit exactly. and, and agreed get them out of the way because you know I don't know, and this can be political stuff. This can be. There's so many things that you can. These obstacles can be so many things, uh, and we really need to rethink them sometimes. Does
2: does the exclusivity of a church because they've been so unique in in their ministries, does that cause more division in the church worldwide, or at least in that community? So you say there's twenty seven or twenty nine churches in a particular community. Uh, If they're all doing their own thing, um, does that make them it, does that make the situation more divisive, as far as the body of Christ?
0: It can. It seems to. I mean, in, in I know in Lapine it seems extremely divided. Yeah. Um, but I would also say, and again, I am not listening. But I, I don't know how many, you know, gospel-centered, Christ-centered churches there are there. Mm-hmm. I know there are some, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, you know, if you've got a church that's teaching prosperity gospel or teaching, you know, uh, word faith stuff, or te- I, I wouldn't send anybody there. So I think right. sometimes division needs to be created, yeah. and it's a good thing. Yes. Um, unity without truth is is garbage. <laughs> I mean, we, don't, right. we don't want to have truth in there somewhere. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the truth is there's a lot of bad churches out there, unfortunately, that yeah. are teaching harmful things and that aren't really teaching the gospel. So,
2: yeah, because, you know, we we've, we went to Bible college in Columbia, South Carolina, and in Col- at Columbia, South Carolina, you had churches all over. I mean, that was the Bible belt. You know, and we lived in Missouri. That was a Bible Belt. And so the more churches are in that community, you would think that there'd be more of a sense of, we want to work together. You know, we're we're doing a a, a joint Easter, you know, kind of service or something like that. And then what happens... Is, is there, is there, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, there's a di- sometimes there's more division, right? Well, it happens
0: to us all the time here. Right? So there's a Ben ministerial group that they're, they're always doing these things where they try to get all the churches to come together and find this common ground and unity. Yeah. Um, but you look at the speaker they bring in, you look at the songs they're going to be singing, you look at the theology that's going to be taught uh-huh. and it's like, I, I, I don't want to partner with that. Yep. Um, and that's the hard part, you know? So where, where, where we can find unity and truth to, um, you know, we want to network with those churches and, and we try to, we really try to do that. Uh, e- even when it's stuff that's, there's some things that we can just agree to disagree on and mm-hmm. still find a way to work together. Right. Yeah. And I think the church needs to, to be better about that. Yes. But there are times when straight up. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> not not, to, t- not on my watch. On. Yep. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> it's not, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's tricky. Yep. One more and we'll get through the first page. Ooh. So we'll see. Wow. Uh, this one's another one I don't like. <laughs> you guys might church membership matters it is a great privilege and a great responsibility of the Christian to be formally connected to a particular local church and, and I do mostly like yeah, that one but... hearty amen to that
2: I know you have Pastor Jeff here talking about this I remember watching the show live yeah. when we, when the show, the, the podcast yeah. uh, so there are I, you know what would Jeff say to this? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I, by opening up, you know, but as far as membership, what constitutes a member, you know?
0: Well, that's the hard part, and I think that's where I get, um, you know, worked up a little bit is, is church membership is what what we've done with it as a church today I don't think is necessarily what was going on in the early church. Now we've made it this very formal sign on the dotted line Um, agree to be to cover us legally from anything that might go wrong kind of thing Mm -hmm. and 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 we're almost like we're removing i don't know faith and 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 then members are you know seen as this this upper tier kind of thing and and not i don't know
2: i kind of kidded around about it when when the the church directory came out the members (laughs) would be in color and the non-members were black (laughs) and white exactly (laughs) yeah so there is this distinction yeah right
0: no but when you think about what what a member of the church really is mm-hmm. um, somebody who's a Christian is a universally or a member of the universal church period. Yes. Um, you are part of the family of God. You yep. are adopted into this family. That's you're a member of it. Um, that's just, you know, something I think we all agree on. So there is church membership. Should that person then be accountable to a local church? Absolutely. Yep, we, I agree sure. with that 100. hundred percent. You should be part of a, a functioning member of a church accountable to you know, elders accountable to other people in the church, serving them, all of those things, using your gifts. This is clear from the scriptures. But this whole idea of um, we make them sign on a line and then we know they're the real deal, I I just, I don't know that it really, I, I don't think it clarifies as much as we think it does.
2: <laughs> sure. And yeah, now they're acceptable. You know? but, or but even the, but that the now they're really going really
0: to be, you know, now they're really going to be serious about this thing. And it's like, I don't, I've never seen that, you know, you've got Christians that are committed to the church and are serious, uh-huh. and you've got Christians that aren't. And I don't know what a signing a piece of paper does. Right. It I don't know that it makes that much of a difference.
2: Yeah. It's what's interesting is is a lot of times membership comes with strings attached. And, and, and that's part of the <laughs> problem. You know, like, okay, so. Back when I, I went to a church back east, we couldn't drink if we we're going to be you know a part of the church, right? If we're going to be a member, you cannot drink. Well, some people were saying, well i don't I would, I'd like to be a member, but i I have a glass of wine, you know, with my pasta sometimes, and yeah. oh, well, I'm sorry, but you can't yeah, well then then you're just kind of well, I just don't you know don't ask, don't tell kind of thing,
0: right. So that would be like holiness kind of requirements for membership. Yes. But then there's also like the legal ones too. So the, there's all kinds of, some people really do believe that if you can get them to sign on a line, you've agreed to our bylaws, you've agreed to our, you know, what we believe as a church. And you're basically saying that we can now discipline you. Yes. Um, if you do something that goes against what God's word says, and then you can't sue us. Right. <laughs> and, and I get why we do this. Maybe I, I know that people in those churches would say, this is just good stewardship. Um, but at the end of the day, it's We're like kind of the heart of the matter. If though. God will build His church and the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against it, I mean, right. does He kind of have this covered for us already? Do we have to worry right. about that?
2: And, and I never, I never did look forward to conflict at all when I was pastoring a church. But by, by and large, the church isn't uh, very biblical about church discipline anyway. You know, so whatever that motivation is to get people to, to sign on the dotted line so that you can discipline them, that's not that didn't work. Yeah, yeah, you know.
1: I think kind of the heart of maybe what Chalice is getting at here is that I think we tend to look at church as as something in which we participate more so than something to which we belong. Yeah, right. And and so, you know, I think the challenge for, you know, Christians that are listening is like you, you belong to the church. You're part of it. It's not just an activity in your life. It is an activity, but it's more than an activity in your life. Something that you're a part of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, by God's design that is to your benefit. And I think we would do well to consider the church something that we belong to, something that's God's good design for us, uh, something that... like I saw a post on Facebook the other day from a friend that something to the effect of, you know, just because I don't go to church doesn't mean I don't believe in God. Right. Which, you know, sure, whatever, but but again, it's a misunderstanding of the importance of the value of the church that God has instituted, that God mm-hmm. has created. You can believe God in God, but build. you're not being
0: obedient to right. him. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: So are we sending the wrong messages then when we when we do things like that? You know, when, when people don't, well, what is the church all about now? You know, because we've kind of put these constraints on, on, you know, not extra biblical things, perhaps, yeah. you know, that we're, that we're putting on people. And then they don't know, they, it just sends a yeah. message that is completely confuses the whole issue. Right. I mean, the
0: hard part is that we want, we want, we need accountability Yes, in our life. Um, if we 're if we 're adding extra biblical rules you know for being like Pharisees and saying well if you you 're a member here you can 't play cards or go to movies or now we 're getting into a weird area that doesn 't even you know yeah, right. I, if that 's what 's happening I would be i wouldn 't become a member of that church, but the idea that I agree with the vision of this church I agree with the direction of this church, I will submit you know within reason to the to the leadership of this church mm-hmm. um, you know, i 'm on board you know I see the way the bus is going and i 'm i 'm willing to get on it and go yep. with you guys you know, some kind of a verbal agreement of that sort is really helpful to us. Uh, we appreciate it. And yes. so I like that aspect of membership. Like we're on mission with you guys is yeah. kind of the way we phrase in the past. Yeah, That's helpful um, because there's a lot of people that are on the sidelines and they're not, they're not under anybody's authority. They're certainly not under mm-hmm. ours. Uh, they kind of tend to just be Cowboys and and you know not I was I don't know why I pointed at you but you said <laughs> cowboy church earlier that's what I, not, I, I do own a yeah. cowboy hat for yeah. the record
1: ooh <laughs> cowboy hat. <Chad. laughs>
0: anyway um, all of these things are good for us and yeah. and so I you know I, we do believe in in this idea of a commitment to a local church where you're accountable you're serving you're loving you know you're part of the body a functioning body part because if
2: you're not that mm-hmm. you're
0: a drain on the whole system to right, be honest right so that's a problem
2: if i can just speak to personally from stacy's and my point of view we you know we've been involved in missions in a, you know for for a long time it's been on our heart we went to columbia bible college you know back in the in the late 80s and 90s uh, not throughout the whole decade but you know from the 80, the late 80s into the 90s and uh, so missions was on our heart. So when we started getting involved in, in missions again, I, I thought, man, it would be great to have a sending church. It really would be great. That was deep, deep in my heart. So the expression of the gifts that God had given Stacey and I, and needed to, we, we were looking for a, a sending church so that they could pray for us initially. Yeah. You know, and that's what happened here at the door. So it, it's a combination. It it. it it increases the fellowship and our fellowship here has been wonderful because we found a niche we found the local church that we were involved in where we could express our gifts i think that is huge when you talk about what a church is all about
0: sure yeah i see it as as another means of god's grace you know people look at the church as a negative thing and there's the people have had lots of negative church experiences i get that but the church his bride this family he's he's you know, dysfunctional family as it is, right. it, <laughs> is is a it's a grace of God mm-hmm. in our lives, mm-hmm. and and we need to we need to view it that way. Yep. Um, it's the best thing for us. Um, so I you know I cannot imagine not being a part of the local church community, and yep. um, it, it's it's everything.
2: It's so easy for people to get isolated these do, these yeah. days to feel anxious about life, about what's happening in the world. So we even need that fellowship even more now than we've ever.
0: Yeah. Needed. It's, the weirder we start to look in the world as Christians, the, the more we're going to need this. We're going to have to band sure. together. And yeah. and, uh, and hopefully, you know, if, if there's somebody listening out there that's that's had a difficult time kind of breaking through or getting involved, that yeah. um, you make another effort and, and even talk to us and help us to help you with that. Because it is, it's, it's a deal um, or it's a game changer. Yeah, it definitely um, is. And a deal breaker <laughs> It's both, you know. Well, not even part our is hard.
1: involvement in church comes back to, you know, is this, you know, for you or something that God is doing for you? Yeah. And we can approach our involvement in church as, as a consumer. Like, this is just, you know, for me and for my betterment, for my, you know, well being. It's about me and my wants and my needs. Mm-hmm. Or we can approach it, you know, more as, you know, I'm going to contribute to what God has placed in my life, yeah. you know, contribute to the fellowship and, you know, not, not just be a consumer, but be a contributor. And so, you know, our kind of our mindset mm. matters as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, the body life is so important. Using our gifts is so important. I know we're getting off the, maybe the, the, the topic of the membership aspect of it, but there are a lot of times, and I can say this, and I'm not an act, actively pastoring right now, but I can say that mm-hmm. if, if you look at the people who are expressing their gifts, right, uh, they are the ones that are more pleased with church. The, one, the, ones, sure. that, the ones that are bottled up because they're not expressing those, those gifts, they're the ones that, that, that can become a little bit more critical about what's going on in a church. So well, it even goes,
0: right. we we played a video a few, a few weeks back of this guy that was asked to serve in the coffee ministry. And at first he was irritated by it. It's like, you know, he's, he's a lawyer. He doesn't need to be serving coffee in the church. And and, and he said yes, though. And then pretty soon he's, he, he began as he's serving these people coffee. Um, he started to love the people that he was serving. And, and he started to connect with them. And he, and, he, and then he's like, we need to get better coffee in here. What's going on? And yeah. he, he became, the, all of a sudden it shifted from just... Um, the church he goes to, to, you know, my church that I that I attend, that belonging yep. thing you were talking about. Mm-hmm. When that happens, it, it changes everything. And so, yep. you know, if, if you've never found that place in the church where you belong, where you serve, whatever it is, I would encourage you, you know, and again, it, it can be something as simple as serving coffee. Um, it can be a hundred things, but... Yeah. but Find that that connection and that plug into where Absolutely. the church becomes yours because yep. it's a beautiful mess for sure, <laughs> but but it's the best mess going. You yes, know? it is. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> I love my church family and and uh, yeah. Anyway, we probably should wrap it up there, fellers. Wow, Whew. time flew right by. Yeah, well, good good discussion and hopefully helpful for people. Yeah, there's there's still another few pages of those things that we might revisit <laughs> soon or maybe
1: come back to another time. But
2: and if you have any complaints, just. Right to Pastor Chad, <laughs> yeah, David. He's the one that's not yeah. He's here. not yeah, here. That's right. Yeah, David's not here.
1: Can... I'll, I'll drop his email address in the chat. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, I know you said
0: that you're not actively pastoring right now, but I would disagree in many ways with that because yes. uh, because I see you ministering to people in our church family yep. a lot, and and you have this natural shepherd's heart, which we love, and, and Stacy as well. So uh, if you would minister to us now, as we as we close by praying for us, we'd appreciate that. Okay.
2: Yeah. So Father, we're just so grateful that this has stirred. A lot of things in our hearts, uh, whether we're actively involved in this right now in in this discussion or we're going to see it later on um, uh, online. But we we want to we 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 see that you are the chief shepherd, and you want us to be shepherds of the flock. And uh, there are a lot of people that are sheep without shepherds, and our hearts desire, Father, is that we will uh, identify so much more with the Lord Jesus Christ as the the chief shepherd of our souls. Help us to see people all around us whose souls are not at rest. And we know that you have said to us uh, that your burden is light, that that we are to cast all of our cares on you because you are the great shepherd, because you uh, care for us. So may we draw more and more people and may your spirit these days of confusion, draw more and more uh, of people to the Lord. And, and Father, just draw people. And Jesus, we know that you you, you want to save them and you want us uh, to be free and to live that abundant life. So we, we come before you, Father, and we ask that that we would uh, have that sense of shepherding in our community in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: All right. See everybody, next week.
2: All right.